This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3477 for Tuesday the 30th of November 2021. Today's show is entitled, Picking a Fourth. It is hosted by Brian in Ohio, and is about 22 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, available fourths, old and new. Public Radio, Brian in Ohio here. I'm out from under my rock and doing a, the third installment on my series on using fourth uh, on microcontrollers. And um, in this episode, I'll talk about which fourth I've settled on. Uh, in the previous episodes, uh, HPR 3403, I gave a brief history of fourth in general. And then in HPR 3433, I uh, talked about why I use fourth right now. And so in this episode, again, I'll tell you uh, uh, in the end which fourth I've chosen and why. But I want to give some uh, – I want to give some other uh, types of fourths that are out there uh, just as an example and reasons that are – why they're good and why they're bad. So without further ado, uh, one thing I'll mention before I get into this is that uh, if you're going to do most of these fourths – uh, you're going to have to use um, the microchip assembler for the uh, the at, at mega boards or at mega chips, and um, th- that requires using uh, their closed sourced uh, assembler under Wine in Linux. It's a little bit of a it, it takes a little bit to get set up, and it's not truly free software. Uh, there is there is at least one um, uh, good assembler out there that's written in free pascal uh, gerds assembler i think it's called but i haven't seen any fourths that have been assembled using that uh, using that assembler so right now uh, you'll if you're going to do this you're going to uh, use wine and uh, the um, the old atmel assembler that they did before atmel was uh, uh, merged with microchip uh, uh, that being said, there are a lot of resources for fourths out there for all kinds of different uh, microchips and for ARM boards. But uh, for Arduino, there's a, there's a, a lot of resources and a lot of different ways to put fourth on Arduino boards. And uh, so the first one um, that I'll talk about is actually doesn't use that assembler. It's it's an Arduino sketch. It was written by Dr. Chen Hansen Ting, who is famous for creating a fourth called E-Fourth. He uh, uh, does, wanted to build, he wanted a fourth that wouldn't require any assembly or anything like that. He wanted to be very easily put on to an Arduino board so people could play with with it. And so he came up with this sketch. So it's an it's a fourth written in C, and um, its um, its pluses are well, it's a sketch. It's a it's an Arduino sketch. It runs. It's put on the board via the Arduino environment, so it's easy to do. It can whet your appetite when you and then when you see the power of fourth um, versus the Arduino environment. Hopefully, it'll get you. Motivated to put on a what I would call a real fourth on on the Arduino board. 
It's minuses are it has limited resources. It runs in RAM, so there's very little RAM on a, on a Atmega 328, only like 1.5K of RAM. You can't add words to the dictionary, so you lose all your work on, on any kind of reset. And I tried putting tried using it, and it is a bit broken. It doesn't seem to work, and I'm not sure that's because of the version of Arduino that I was using to put the sketch on the board. But um, anyway, I tried it. It's okay, but it's definitely not uh, something you're going to stick with. Now, uh, Dr. Ting definitely put out a fourth that's very useful. It's called E-Fourth. He's, he's created E-Fourth for many, many different kinds of um, microcontrollers and for regular CPUs. There, if you look, if you start uh, searching the web for E-Fourth, you'll find his name. And um, some of the real pluses with E-Force is that there's great documentation for what he what he put together. There is a book, uh, um, e for the Arduino, I think it's called. There'll be links in the show notes for this stuff. And it actually tell, talks about how Forth from a very low-level uh, perspective, how it works, uh, how it's put together, and then it has example uh, sketch, not as example fourth um, programs that you can run, and it gives you the full assembly with with copious comments, so you could actually build your own fourth from this. And I think um, that's where a lot of other fourths have been springboarded from. What he put together, which was a a fourth that's built on about thirty one primitive assembly language. Um, uh, they're called primitives that that run the fourth virtual machine, and and then all the other words. There's about 160 words or so that flesh out the whole system. So the pluses of E fourth is great documentation. Um, there, if you want to explore a, a assembly language, uh, this might be a good uh, a good place to go. It's uh, I did an HPR episode 2506 on building your own Lisp. Which really wasn't a too much. It was about Lisp, but it was really about learning the the C programming language. And this uh, um, Dr. Ting's book on E fourth is kind of the same way. You could, I think you could really learn assembly language at a really um, kind of a uh, very college level, upper level kind of book. Uh, it would be a good second book of assembly once you've done some other um, easier kind of. Um, Hello World kind of stuff. This book would be one that would uh, would challenge you to really get into the nuts and bolts of what assembly language is all about. Um, his E fourth is a good springboard for building other fourths on different systems, and there are a lot of good examples in his in his uh, book about E fourth for Arduinos that's <coughs> excuse me useful on all um, all of the Arduino uh, boards that are out there or all the force for Arduino boards that are out there. Uh, the minuses, uh, there's no, at least I couldn't find any binaries, like things you could just put right on the board without having to build it. So you have to build e yourself, which means setting up wine, setting up the assembler, and that's not a trivial task. It's not super hard, but it's it definitely took me a little bit of time to get it up and running. And takes a lot of looking around and a lot of trial and error, but I was able to build E4, put it on an on a Arduino board, and play with it. 
Um, it's uh, then this leads you to the next minus, which is it's not being developed. It's, there's no help. You're you're kind of on your own because it's not. Um, it's an old fourth from a from a bygone era that's kind of just uh, you, you would be out there on your own a little bit. It is a bit quirky. It's kind of old style in some of the stuff, uh, and and but again, those things are not necessarily bad in themselves. They just they're just make it a little bit more difficult. So the next fourth I tried uh, is AM fourth. Uh, AM fourth is uh, it's um, a project that's um, very well um, maintained right now. Uh, there are the, some of the pluses for AM4. There are binaries available, so you could you have hex files that you can directly upload to not just Arduino boards, but all kinds of different microcontrollers, and um, uh, so you don't have to do any compiling. They're they're available as well as all the source code. So if you wanted to do all that, or if you wanted to build your own uh, custom fourth, um, that's all there, and um, so that's a plus. The, the project is well-maintained. Um, it has good documentation. And actually, it, has, uh, it also has some of that. Uh, some of the documentation really goes into the kind of the, the fundamentals of how Forth operates and some of the <coughs> particularly some of the things that um, um, affect the architecture, the Harvard architecture that the Arduino and a lot of the flash microcontrollers use where they separate data and program memory and some of the difficulties with that. Um, there, unfortunately, uh, to, well, that's a negative. So let me do the positives first. Uh, it, there, the, the plus for AM4 is that if you decide not to use just an Ar- Arduino or an Atmega chip, you could use other chips because it's available for that. And uh, there are many advanced examples on their website for AM4 um, that give... Um, some real good examples of 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 pretty pretty complex projects in in fourth and uh, the clock project that's on their website is particularly excellent. It talks about real time clocks and setting things up and using different buses and just pretty good good information. So the AM fourth is a good place to go for a good current uh, uh, useful fourth right now. Uh, Minuses for uh, AM Fourth. Building it is a bit magical. Um, The source file is scattered over a lot of small assembly and fourth files that are scattered all over the directory of the zip file that you download from their site. It's all there, but it's all over the place. And they do give you instructions on how to build it. And and if you're okay with just doing it and not really thinking beyond that, it's but it. It's a it's a little bit mystical on how it actually is put together. Um, if uh, if you really wanted to understand how AM Fourth is is assembled, you'd have to have a real good understanding of make files and really kind of walk your way through all of these little all these files all over the system all over this uh, directory tree to figure out what's being put in to make your fourth. Um, that being said, also one of the minuses that is that I, in the few times that I used it, there were a couple times that, uh, the dictionary, which is the main, all the words in your fourth system 
it got corrupted in the process of just putting something together. And then to do that, to recover from that, you have to reflash the system. It's kind of the worst case scenario for a fourth where whatever happens, it writes over itself and your system is destroyed and you got to start over. So that's, um, that's happened to me a couple times when I used AM fourth. Um, there's, uh, a minus that, that you don't really realize it's a minus until you start digging into it is AM fourth uses different memory calls for different types of areas. So in other words, if you're addressing the EEPROM of the, of the microcontroller, you have to use a different set of, of, uh, although very similar, but they are different, uh, words to access EEPROM memory or, Flash memory or the RAM—they're different words. And and when at first you don't think that's a big deal, but then you'll you'll write some stuff and you'll be addressed the wrong memory, and you'll go, "Oh my goodness!" And it's just—it's a—it's a definitely a um a minus. And it, once you've figured it out a little bit, so uh, that brings us down to the the last fourth that I'll talk about, which is the fourth that I did settle on using. And one that I'll describe later on when we when we get into some projects with Forth, and that is Flashforth. And so Flashforth has been around for a while, and I um, I actually emailed the the maintainer um, and developer of Flashforth, and he said I could read this this back. So I'll I'll because um, I asked him how did Flashforth camp come about, and this is what his what he had to say. His name is uh, Michael Nordman, um, and he, he said, um, here's some random thoughts. Um, he says, I learned forth on the Commodore 64 and starting forth back in 1983. At the time, I only had a cassette tape as mass storage, so it was not very practical. I think forth is at its best writing small programs interactively on microcontrollers and bringing up new hardware. In 2004, I got the idea of using a PIC-18 flash microcontroller for a fourth that would persist the programs you write into um, into it, and the Flash Fourth was born. Then there was a request to support different pick boards, and so he wrote that. Uh, the At Mega version, uh, which is what the chip for the Arduino board, At Mega version was written to get Flash Fourth on the Arduino boards. That has made Flash Fourth more popular than having it only for the pick versions. Many of the compiled to flash force are quite sensitive to their user mistakes and require reflash of the fourth kernel to revive the broken fourth system, something we just talked about. I wanted flash forth to implement a stable fourth that cannot be broken by the user. I do not want to keep reflashing the kernel just because I happen to type something stupid into the interpreter. I also wanted to get rid of the separate memory words for RAM flash and EEPROM. Um, and so he, this allows other words like CMove, dump, variable, and value to work with all the types of memory that are available on these chips. Um, at each development spurt, there was interested interest users that made uh, he had to put more effort into Flashforth. Without that, Flashforth would be much smaller system. These users were just uh, mostly university teachers that use Forth for teaching and lab projects, and small companies that use Forth for some small products. And then John uh, Katsolius came along and wanted to make a Flashforth computer. So now you can buy a small board with a PIC-24 and Flashforth on it. Uh, there are not too many products with Flashforth on it or with Forth on it at all. 
so now Flashforth 5 has been more or less stable for over five years. I mainly do some maintenance and add support for more chips. And of course, I use Flashforth for my own projects. My favorite chips are the PIC-18 chips with the inbuilt USB interfaces. USB is used as the operating, uh, the operator serial interface. Microchip is dropping um, support for the assemblers. A rewrite of the Atmega version was done recently to compile with the XC8 instead of Avrasm 2. And also the PIC-18 version should be able to compile with the XC8. So it's a best regards, Michael. Um, that last part is, just like you said, the, uh, the old micro, the old Atmel um, AVR ASM2 assembler is not going to be supported anymore. So Microchip rewrote a, a, um, a new assembly. It's like an IDE um, called XC8. And I think that'll p- compile for all their chips, PICs and and uh, the old at mega chips and at tinies and all that stuff. They're all, it's a one-stop shopping kind of thing. There's Linux versions for it, which is cool because before that, everything was done under Windows. Um, and I've tried using it, but I got to dig into it to really understand it. And then, and I will say this though, the, the newest versions of the, the um, binaries that are available on the Flashforth website for the at mega are, pretty small i mean there's a lot of system space available you can make a huge huge program if you really wanted to and so um that was just a note from uh michael nordman the developer i'll put a link to the website for uh for uh, flashforth of course and all the other things that i found and i'll put a a a link to a donate page for him too because he he could use a little money i think now and then if you're going to use his fourth to help the develop uh to help him buy tools and things like that. So uh, I settled on Flashforth. Um, the pluses that I see are it's actively developed, just like we said, or at least actively maintained. Um, there are binaries available. So again, you don't have to build anything. You don't have to assemble anything yourself. You can grab the binary uh, for the few boards that are that are out there uh, at, me- um, at Mega 328s, at Mega 2560s, and... Some and of the pick chips, of course, and and you can just flash them on the chip without having to do any assembly. So don't let that be a barrier to entry. Um, again, uh, he just like he he said in his note, um, the flash forth is robust. I've been un I haven't broken it yet. Um, I've never had to reflash the kernel, the 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 basic fourth system. Because of anything that I did while programming the the chip, so you know you can you basically you'll recover from whatever, and you can just empty out the dictionary, some good words, to just start afresh without having to reflash. Very well built and very well thought out. Um, and uh, I like the flash forth because it uh, right from the start it includes. Um, some of the words that you don't really until you've done some stuff with it that you realize oh it'd be nice if that word was included a a um, a pause for a microsecond kind of thing uh, ticks which are like you know system clock kind of stuff and that are available and already built in they're not stuff you have to add later on they're already built into the system so he's so there's some really good well thought out stuff there uh, it has a real small footprint that's a plus it leaves more programming space. Um, 
and it and it does have a unified memory. So you you don't really, um, in some ways, you don't have to think about it too much. Uh, and it's really easy to swap between the memory spaces, uh, but you don't have to use different vocabulary. You use the same words when you're addressing memory. You just have to point to where you want to go, which is, which is a plus. Once you get into it, you'll, you realize, oh, this is a nice feature. Um, not a lot of negatives. I really like Flashforth, but I will say the, document, the documentation, although good, is sort of very pick-oriented, uh, pick being the old uh, pick chips. And so there's some stuff you have to sort of uh, translate into if you're going to use uh, the at mega chips. It's not hard, but it's you know it would, it'd be nice if there was some more straightforward at mega uh, documentation. Uh, that being said, too, there are a, there's at least one good website, uh, ArduinoForth.com. I think it is. I, I'll, um, the, sh- the link will be in the show notes, and uh, it seems to be somehow connected with. Uh, Flashforth, I could be completely wrong, but uh, a problem there for me personally is that a lot of the stuff's in French, so it's hard for me to figure out exactly. Well, not a lot, there's a, but there's stuff in there that's that I wish I could read, but uh, I'm sorry, I can't I can't read uh, French. Um, that's my bad. That's not a minus. That's my minus. Um, and uh, the other minus, in some ways, is that the 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 Flashforth is definitely tied to the microchip development tools. So to get beyond that, to to make a custom Flashforth, and you really have to set up all that uh, all that um, microchip development stuff onto your system. Not impossible, but definitely not not the easiest thing in the world. Uh, on that note. I'm at about 20 minutes, I think. I think I'll stop there. And on the next show, I will definitely uh, show you how to install Flashforth on a uh, on an Arduino board. And I will do the obligatory Hello World program. And um, and so that, uh, that, that finishes this episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, I wanted to leave you with a thought. Speed doesn't kill. It's the rapid dissipation of speed that kills. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR is kindly provided by anhonesthost.com the Internet Archive and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.